Hey everyone, real quick before we get started, I wanted to let you know that there are a few adult-themed conversations in this episode, so if you're watching with smaller children, you might want to screen this before sharing it with them. Uh, also, wanted to let you know that my microphone did not connect for some reason in this episode or the last one. That's why my audio is kind of off, and I wanted to apologize for that right off the bat. Uh, without any further ado, I'll let you get into this episode. Hi, my name is Isaac. My name is Caleb. I'm Brandon. And I'm Ryan, and we are the King's Advocate Podcast. Uh, we'll just make a quick disclaimer like we normally do. Uh, we are not scholars. We're not experts. We're just kind of giving you our opinion. Um, based on the studies that we have done, we are always welcome to correction and to comments. So uh, this episode is a piggyback off of our last one. We want to talk a little bit about kind of the nature of children um, and the the job that we have as as parents especially because isaac is soon to have his child i've already got mine and uh brandon and caleb are married so it's certainly a possibility and likelihood that they will have children too so we want to talk about the idea of you know why spiritually why we kind of made we have made the decisions we've made um i'll talk about why i've decided to homeschool my my boy um, and Isaac will talk about his decision and Caleb will do his. And, um, but we want to talk a, lot, a little bit about, and, and Brandon will talk about his. I, I, did, I didn't know if he wanted to or not. I, I wasn't sure about Caleb or, or Brandon. But um, <laughs> So the, the idea that kind of goes behind that we want to talk about first is the nature of children. Um, so children are innocent when they're born. We're not original sin speakers here we don't believe in original sin children are are born pure and innocent however children are they they don't they don't know everything they they have a lot of they have a lot of things to learn they are uh proverbs tells us that that uh, they're they're foolish let's let's go to proverbs 22:15 i'm going to i'm going to turn there it may take me a little bit longer than isaac he was on the on the ball last week. Oh, hold up. He's got it right here. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Um, so God God does tell us that uh, that children, they, they have foolishness bound up in their heart. That uh, they are going to be fairly easily swayed. They're going to go astray uh, fairly quickly. We can, we can read in Ephesians 2. And verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and with every wind of doctrine by the slide of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So he said he makes this comparison of, hey, we're not kids anymore, so we're not going to be tossed to and fro. We're not going to we're not going to, you know, just anybody can convince us of anything. You can convince kids of anything. I mean, I like to mess with some of the kids at church and tell them not to go by this big dirt pile out out uh, that's outside. Because there's a dirt monster in it, and I like to, uh, I like to kind of scare them and tease them, because they're, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but kids are, kids are, uh, they're gullible, they're malleable, they're they're going to be able to be shaped in 
a lot of different ways that whoever is raising them, whoever is shaping them, can can choose. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and read that that last verse, uh, Brandon or Caleb or Isaac. Uh, I'll, I'll read it. <clears throat> Psalms fifty-eight three says, "The wicked are estranged from the womb; they go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies." Yeah, I want to make so, clear here that, like Ryan was saying, children aren't innocent, or children are born innocent. They're, this verse is not saying that they're born sinners and liars. So obviously a child can't speak as soon as it's born. So as soon as they're born, they're speaking lies. What, what the psalmist is really saying that a, a children's natural tendency is to very quickly go astray, to very quickly do things that uh, are sinful because that's just the nature of children. So... This, these are all things that we need to be aware of as parents, as people who are trying to train children to be uh, to be godly people, which we'll talk about later on, is that children ought, are, are born with a tendency to sway and to be changeable, to be malleable, and to just follow their own instincts, which is foolishness, as Proverbs says. Well, yeah, and, and we need to really be aware of that when we're sending them somewhere where they're going to be taught different points of view. Speaking as somebody who has a 10-month-old, um, my child's instinct is to, to kill himself, uh, for real. That's that's what he <laughs> wants to do. He, he wants to go to the thing that if he climbs and pulls on it, it'll fall on him. He wants to go to the, the really hard surfaces of the area of, of you know the floor and and do his best to fall on those. So kids have this sense of freedom that they they want and they want to go do things because they're curious. But their their curiosity and, and my kid doesn't really want to kill himself. Obviously, he's just a child. But their curiosity and their their inexperience will lead them to will lead them to pain will lead them to it'll lead them down bad paths is, is really the thing if, if it's left unchecked you think about it uh, a child is obviously born with like no knowledge of things and knowledge is going to come to that child some way or another yeah. and it's up to us whether it's going to be us telling them knowledge or if it's going to be other people that we're not even around whenever they tell them yep yep and, and that's really the thing is we, we talked about it last episode how public school is more structured and they are there for a set amount of time. That's eight hours. That is a long time. I know I know it doesn't maybe doesn't seem like it, but eight hours a day, five days a week, that's a lot of time for people to influence your child. And it's it's I mean, there's three months off in the summer and a couple weeks off in the, the winter and a little bit in the spring, but the majority of a child's time who, who goes to public school is going to be spent with other people. And with Ryan, people who are I want to teach add something, something to that. Yeah. And, you know, you said, you know, eight hours doesn't seem like that long. To me, it doesn't seem like that long. But a child, uh, you know, in early stages of life, their brain is 10, 20, 30 times more malleable than mine. I'm I'm much more set in my ways because of the things that I've I've learned and been taught and taught myself and experienced in my life than than a child who's experiencing things for the first time and learning things for the first time. When they learn those things, they're going to ingrain themselves ingrain that in their in their mind and that's gonna become their standard because it's all they have. When you spend eight hours a day learning new things from ungodly people, uh, that's 
pretty significant. Yeah. It, we, that goes back to First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three, uh, which says, "Be not deceived; evil communication corrupt good manners." So, it, and I'm not saying that all communication in school is evil, but we've talked about things that happen in public schools, uh, not just the curriculums that are taught, but uh, Ryan brought up, I think it was in our, uh, I think it was the Liberty episodes, he brought up the percentage of people who are ex- who are exposed to pornography in public schools. Uh, we brought up violence in public schools and language in public schools. Those things go on a lot there, and and First Corinthians, he's talking to a bunch of adult people, of Christian people, and he's telling them, "Don't be deceived, don't be fooled or tricked. If you're around those things all the time, it's going to corrupt your manners and corrupt your minds, and especially it can have an effect. Those things can have an effect on impressionable young minds. So we really, really need to be aware of those things when we're choosing where to send our kids, especially for eight hours a day, every day. Well, well yeah, I mean, so the the number of, of, or the percentage rather, of people who are exposed to pornography in school is, uh, I think it's above 90%. Um, and then the, the, uh, the idea of drugs and alcohol and violence all increases as a child's grade increases or, or, or age increases of the, the exposure. Um, and, and really, you know, we, we, he says this to adults, but really think about yourself. I mean, you go to work and you spend eight hours a day with people. Do you not begin to take on some of their habits? Do you not begin to take on some of their mannerisms or, or talk about some of the things that they talk? I mean, I work with mechanics and they have very foul language. I don't. I haven't taken that on, um, but the way they make fun of each other, I've taken that on for sure. I can make fun of them and make fun of people just as good as they can or, or sometimes better. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. That's something that I need to work on something that I need to be better about, and I'm an adult. I'm very set in my beliefs. I believe that God is, you know, true, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I, I believe all the things that God says about himself. I also believe his commandments are just as important as he says they are. But I can still be swayed to do things and to say things that are that I know to be sinful because... I spend a lot of time around people who don't think they're sinful, who think they're good. Now, some of those things, no. I, they're not going to sway me to pornography. They're not going to sway me to uh, going to a strip club or going out drinking with them or, or going and getting into a fist fight with some guy or, or any of these you know, things that a lot of times we quote-unquote say are big sins. But they can sway me to be a little bit unkinder. They can sway me to think about the Bible less and think about entertainment more. I mean... And, and that's that's somebody who's an adult. That's somebody who I consider myself very passionate in my views. Think about a little kid. I mean, kids don't have that set ground to stand on and face some of the flaming arrows that, that Satan sends against them. They don't have the, the shield of faith. The shield of faith is not developed in, in a kid because they're a kid. They haven't learned it all. Um, and they they need that. They need we need to be their shield. We need to protect them because if we don't protect them, they're not going to protect themselves. I'm not going to send my kid to Afghanistan with with you know all the all the terrorism and the 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 war that goes on there and be like, yeah, he's a kid. 
I'm going to send him, I don't know, with, <laughs> I'm not going to send him with anybody. I, you know, if he had to go, I would go with him to protect him because he needs my protection. He's certainly not going on his own. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to send right. him with anybody other than me. Ryan, whenever you <clears throat> said, whenever we're talking about kids being exposed, whenever you said exposed, were you meaning just knowing about it or like actually viewing it and possibly being involved in it? Uh, with the the pornography that or drug use or alcohol those things so pornography the viewing it the being exposed to pornography is is viewing it um right. you don't really have a choice in that matter so they they are going to be viewing it okay uh being exposed to as far as drugs and alcohol goes offered is is most likely or at the very least if they're not offered it they're going to hear about it in a positive light okay so I, you're you're more talking about just cuz what I why I asked was because kids will have a certain view of those things, and uh, the reason why I asked if you use the word exposed is just knowing it or not because they need to know about it. Yeah, right, right, right. And it's up to parents and uh, to you know, kind of like what we talked about in the last episode of going at you know a certain pace, not just being these things thrown on your kid all yeah. at once, yep. but knowing when to talk to your kid about these things and how to handle these things and how to right. deal with influences with these things that'll come about in life. Absolutely. Because the, I mean, it's not, you, you have to talk like today we have to talk to our kids about pornography. It's not a, it's not an issue that used to be really secluded to a select few people like it was like in the 1950s and sixties. It's, readily available it's highly highly addictive and it's i mean there's so much of it it's it's not something you can hide from so we have to talk to our kids about it can't just hide in the dark from it Mm -hmm. but we have to decide the age that we talk to kids about these things uh alcohol and and drugs are are the same way my five-year-old doesn't need to know about alcohol or drugs uh, in in any great capacity yet they certainly don't need to have any idea about any kind of sexual subject because they're they're too young. Um, some of these things they, um, they they need to know about violence. Don't hit somebody. Hitting is wrong. You know, don't hurt people. But kids that young don't need such a deep deep understanding that they're going to probably get um, if they're around people who who espouse that kind of thing. They don't need that. And it's the same for and same Ryan. Like curse words and things like that. Right. And right. Because. The, you know, not nece- I don't want to say necessarily just bad speaking because kids in general will, you know, they don't know how to talk. To, they don't know how to interact as well. And so things will be said that don't need to be said. But right. the idea of curse words and cussing and things like that, that is something that is brought, that is, that is taught to them. Yeah. And because those words, the meaning of those words, you know, if, you know, they're put in situations where kids and adults are using them, then they're going to learn that in that way. Yeah. But that's another thing that can be brought and, up over time and in a certain way. Right. I, I want to add a, a, a bit of a side point to while we're talking about the things that they're exposed to uh, just briefly. This probably could have been squeezed into the last episode, but I think it's really worth mentioning. Um, in, in high schools, uh, this is a report by AmericanAddictionCenters.org uh, uh, that they took. Um, and this is the numbers that they have of students that admitted to these things. So these are the confirmed admittance of, of things in high schools. Um, 
of of students in all high schools admitted to drinking alcohol in high school. Um, uh, over 37% admitted to vaping regularly. That's 30% um, okay. that they had drank uh, alcohol in school. Uh, marijuana use, 35% of high schoolers admitted to smoking marijuana uh, and being high at school. Uh, and then there's also uh, other facts about like opioids, which is smaller percentage. Uh, and then 17% of children rode with a high school driver who had been drinking uh, while they were driving. And I also wanted to point out that 1,500 teenagers died while operating a motor vehicle, a lot of them under the influence of alcohol. Uh, and those are just some recent statistics from the past couple of years. Um, if you don't think your child is going to be exposed to these things or you think their school is good enough, it's not. Well, I also want, I have another statistic that recently came out. The CDC recently put out a study uh, or a survey that said that one in four um, high schoolers identified as something other than uh, heterosexual. One in four. Yeah. Um, also, some studies that I have some numbers here is a study that that went through uh, from 2012 to 2017 said that so in 2007 35% of high school students were currently sexually active and 47% reported having had sexual intercourse that was in and remember these are only these are only what has been admitted to their reported numbers now it, it did go down a little bit in 2017 but still 40% uh, had had sexual intercourse. 15 to 19 uh, uh, self-report surveys suggest that half of those 15 to 19 have had oral sex. That percentage rise to 70% by the time they turn 19. 70% of, of kids 15, or sorry, 70% of 19-year-olds have had some form of sexual encounter. Um, hey, Isaac, just as a side note, at the beginning of this episode, we need to put a um, some kind of disclaimer saying, "Hey, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some uh, harsh topics, harsh topics, adult maybe topics. some topics, adult topics that you don't need to listen to without your parents if you're under 16 um, or 18. Right. I don't know, <clears throat> but that is a huge number. That's a huge number for the the drugs and the alcohol." That's a huge number for the the sexual side of the sexual promiscuity of high schoolers. That's a huge number. Scary. I want to point out for a minute too that while that is true, while all those things are true that that happens in public schools, that doesn't exempt parents who homeschool from working just as hard to make sure their kids are taught about these things and make, make sure that they understand how much I said. I'll say this. There were things in my curriculums in homeschool that my mom had to say, well, that's not entirely true, or this is what scripture actually says about this. So it, it's not that homeschool is the be-all, end-all for those things, because clearly it's not. But the point is that if you are going to put your kids in public school or you do have your kids in public schools you need to be aware that these things are happening they are taking place and you're going to have to work pretty hard to make sure that that's those things are programmed out of your kids while they're being programmed in in the public school systems i think and i want to i want to add to you know what you're saying 
um, uh, when you are homeschooling, you can't take the approach that, you know, um, they don't ever have to be exposed to, to drugs and alcohol at my house, so, you know, it won't even be a topic or they, they just won't, they can be safe from that. You need to teach them about the abuse of these things and why they're wrong so that they can know. If they're at school, they're going to they're gonna learn about them by literally seeing them. Uh, and you need to, again, let them know that they're wrong. But just because they're at home doesn't mean that they don't need to learn about the wrongness of these things. Because if they learn about them one way or another, someone in the world is going to paint them as a good thing. But you need to get an edge on that and let, you know, teach your children about all these things. Make sure they're informed on it and make sure they know that it's that it's wrong before they learn that it's good from the world. Right, and, and here's the deal. This is if a pretty you're good not willing... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to move on. Uh, I was just going to say, if you're not willing to teach your child about a certain topic, somebody will. Um, if you don't want to touch the subject of sex because it's embarrassing, or, or drugs because you're afraid of it, or alcohol because you don't know what you think on it all the way, somebody's going to teach your, ch- your kid about it. They're going to they're gonna teach your child. Um, know what God says about these things. And, and tell your child. They they need to know. They need to know about what, what does God think about alcohol? What does he think about drugs? What does he think about sex? I mean, what does he think about all of these things? Because if if we won't teach them, and if we don't teach them, somebody will. Excuse me. I think this is a good segue into the next point that we want to talk about, which is what is the role of a parent? And this is just a broad overview and we have a, a list of topics that we want to talk about in the future. And one of the things I added was uh, biblical roles of a godly father and biblical roles of a godly mother, possibly with some guest speakers. So that may be a teaser. That may just be out in the wind and it will never go anywhere. But Jeez. just know that I kind of have that in the works. But anyway, we're going to go over a brief overview, basically, of what the parent's job is in raising their kids. And we're going to start in Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Uh, who hasn't read yet? Me? Um, Caleb hasn't read yet. Alright, Caleb, do you want to read Ephesians 6, 4? Yeah, do you mind if I read it in ESV? Go ahead. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I just already had it pulled up in ESV. I know I normally use King James. No, that's fine. That's actually... Do do? That's yeah, actually sure. a pretty good translation as nurture, as instruction, admonition, as warning or teaching. So the job of a father specifically is to bring up a child in the discipline or nurture, in the admonition or warning of the Lord. It's our job, my job as a father to my daughter that's soon to be born, Ryan's job for Edward Caleb and Brandon for their future children and every other man listening to this podcast. It is our job to make sure our kids grow up knowing who God is, knowing that he has a will for them, and that Jesus loves them and that God loves them. That is our job. I would argue, Isaac, that there's not a more important job that you can do in this world. Uh, counter, president. <laughs> president? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Facts. No, you're, you're, I was going to tell a joke, right. but I think it's probably not right. Time has passed, Isaac. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so you're you're right, though, Caleb. Being a father or, or being a mother, those, those two jobs are the most important jobs that you will ever have. Um, 
they're not going to be the most important things you do because the most important thing you can do is know the God, know know your God, and know Jesus yourself. That's the most important thing you can do. But the most important job you are going to perform is is that of father or mother. It's the most responsibility. It's the most weight, and it's also, I think, the most rewarding. Agreed. I agree, and I'll say, I believe that job is easier. Easier at the very least when we are the ones that's teaching our kids everything else in the first place. Absolutely. Now it's it's not impossible to send your kids to public school and still be that man who brings his children to the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is possible, but I believe it's much easier when probably our wives are teaching them the things that we know will bring them closer to God. Right. I, I 100% agree. I think I think it is, I mean, it's the man's duty to go, go work and to provide for his family, and it's the, the, the woman's duty to keep the home and to raise the children uh, while the father is at work. Um, and it is definitely easier. You're not fighting against something. You're not swimming upstream, essentially, if you, if you have that opportunity to homeschool and to teach your child about God, um, you know, from the get-go, where you're not having to teach, you're not having to deconstruct, you know, um, evolution and, and, and bring it all the way down, which, I, I, I mean, I'm going to do that regardless, but I'm not having to fight against the ingrained idea that it's true in my child. Does that make sense? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, Isaac, you have a, I almost want to say guest speaker, but it's really a YouTube re- clip recorded, but do you want to share that at this <laughs> time? Yeah, so I, when I found out I was going to be a father, uh, I went and searched for sermons, for podcasts, for uh, different videos and books, for, you know, what what is my job? You know, learn everything I possibly can. And I still have a lot of learning to do. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't think I'm ever going to stop learning about what my job is. But one of the things that was suggested to me was to go back to 2019 and YouTube and look up our area-wide meeting from 2019. And I'm going to put this video, like a, a, a link for it in our description so that you guys can find it. I, I encourage everyone to listen to this whole series and especially this whole sermon. Uh, but this is Jameson Crouch. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this particular verse and the way that he explains it. And I figured it'd be better to just let him explain it. Uh, hopefully I can get this to work in editing, but... Uh, We're going to go ahead and listen to this section uh, of his sermon. What happens, brethren? John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd who know my sheep and have known of mine as the Father knoweth me. Even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus Christ talking about his church. He says, you know what? Nobody cares for these sheep the way I do. I'm the shepherd, these are my sheep, and I feel a personal responsibility to look after these sheep. And nobody else can take that place. The elders of the church, 
They look at that flock and they say, these are the sheep of God. These are my sheep and my responsibility to look after and to protect. Nobody can take this responsibility. Nobody cares as much as I do for these sheep because these are my sheep. As a father, I look at my children and I say, no one can protect these children like I can. I can hire babysitters and pay them by the hour, but you know at the end of the day, those babysitters are hirelings. They can't care for my children the way I do because they're not their children, they're mine. Back home we have this terrible epidemic. There's two qualifications for elders there. You have to be old and people have to like you. That's not funny. They hire preachers. They let them do the feeding. I can speak for experience. I'm not here to run anybody down, but I've been in churches with elders that could not, were incapable of standing before the flock and presenting a gospel lesson. And those churches I have seen fracture. I think all of them that I've seen in that condition have fractured. Why? Because the shepherd, he wasn't minding the sheep. When trouble came, the hireling, the one that was hired to stand there and feed the flock, he ran off. Why? Because they're not his sheep. You know what's going to happen to our children if we're not present? They're going to run off because we didn't care enough about being there. Because nobody can care for my children and your children the way we can as parents. Nobody can take that place. Nobody. Alright. So, he explains that a lot better than I ever could. So basically what he's saying is that as the shepherd of my home, as the elder or pastor or father of my home, my job is to take care of my kids, is to bring them up and nurture admonition, is to protect them, and nobody can do that as well as I can because nobody cares about it as much as I do. Uh, he's absolutely right. I mean, I, as my kid, like even just when he was first born, you know who I trusted to hold him? Me and my wife. I let other people hold him, but me and my wife were the ones who I trusted the most because I knew that I wasn't going to drop that kid. I knew that there was no way that I was going to let anybody hurt him or touch him that I didn't want to because he's my kid. You know, people are going to have to go over my dead body before they, and, and several magazines of nine uh, millimeter before they touch my child if I don't want them near my child. So I understand that completely. And his, his soul is far more important than his physical health. So I'm going to be zealous and active and determined that he is going to know the Lord, and that's going to be my responsibility to teach him and show him. I can't just teach him. I've got to show him, and we have to be the one. We're going to be the ones who care the most because they're our children. They're the ones we love them more than anybody except for God, and I mean, he's, he's just absolutely spot on. We, we can't send him out. I, I can't send him out somewhere eight hours a day without me, without my wife, without protection. And I can't do that in good conscience. I can't do that and think I am raising him up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I, I, 
I care too much to let him just walk into enemy camp without any sort of preparation. Maybe when he's older, you know, he'll have that opportunity to go do that. But when he's young and he needs me, he's going to have me and he's going to have my wife. I want to bring up the hireling point. I'm not saying that all teachers are like this. I know there are teachers, I know there are Christian teachers who go into the public school systems and they care about those kids. I know that. And I also know there's a lot of parents that don't care about their kids. We're talking about Christian parents, people who listen to this podcast who want to be good fathers, who want to be good mothers. They care more about their kids than any teacher ever will. And we can say that about, you know, teachers. We can say that about the public school system, about daycare. We can even say that this is kind of my argument for uh, one-man ministers and uh, hired preachers and youth ministry. Elders, not that elders don't need to be paid, because some of them do, but elders who are there because that's the job that they love doing, they care about their sheep. Fathers care about their kids. Real fathers care about their kids more than anyone else ever will. And that's why we are given this charge to raise our kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord because we know how to do it. Now, I may not know everything. And I'll tell you, I don't know everything about raising kids. I I hardly know anything about raising kids. But I know the goal. Right. I mean, right. Um, We're absolutely going to have to learn and change and grow as, as parents, but I 100% agree. We are going to be the ones who are the most invested, and that's that's why that's why I chose, that's why Emma and I chose we're going to homeschool because we take that as our responsibility and our duty, and frankly, there's too much risk, too much at risk and too much risk now. Maybe if it was 30 years ago, I would have felt more comfortable, but I don't, and it isn't. So... Um, so that that's why I I feel so strongly about this subject. That's why and and again, you can raise a godly child in in a public school system. I know that because I I know godly kids and godly people who are raised in public school systems. Brandon right here sitting next to me, he's a godly man. He has a desire. Um, Caleb and Isaac, they they were partially uh, public school and they have a desire and a heart to serve God and. That, and they were public schooled for at least part of the time, Brandon, the, the full time. And so it's not impossible. But my thought is what is best? I understand sometimes people say they can't do it. Sometimes I wonder, can you not do it? Or do you not want to sacrifice what would be required to sacrifice? And, it, and that's why I just urge you to take a look at what, what you can do. Take a look at how you view schooling. Take a look at, take a look at it because... We sometimes say we can't, and what we mean is I don't want to. And I really think that, you know, I really think that if you can and you have the opportunity, homeschooling's better. You're, you're going to have a, a better, and that, that's my opinion. The guys may not share that opinion. That's my opinion, though. I think it's best for raising your child in a spiritual home with a spiritual goal in mind. Also, I want to, like, Shout out Ryan, because Ryan was also public schooled for most of his education. And he's a godly man. You thought you were going to get away with that. (laughs) 
All That's right. all the notes that I had on why I kind of decided, at least for the moment, to homeschool my kids, if that wasn't obvious. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add or any other reasoning or scriptures that they want to bring up about this subject? I'm, I'm good. I don't have anything to, to okay. add necessarily, but uh, I did want to point out that we're probably going to be doing a lot more on the topic of, of parenting and children in the future. This is not our, our end-all, be-all episode of parenting. So if this is a topic that benefits you and is edifying to you, look for more of that in the future, especially as we, we all become parents. Um, uh, but this is our, our follow-up episode on, on homeschooling uh, with a, you know, a parenting mindset. So, so just keep that in mind. All right, if that's all, without any further ado, I'm Isaac. I'm Caleb. I'm Brandon. And I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for listening to the King's Advocate Podcast.